Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Today, I want to talk about six keys to a healthy marriage or relationship. These are all backed by the Bible. This is not a program that I'm endorsing. I am not a therapist or a counselor, but these are six keys that I believe can help anyone who's having any type of marriage or relationship issues to help get get those issues resolved and get you back on track. The first key is communication because you know that communication is very important in relationships and it's also one of the biggest problems. Proverbs 13.7 says a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. If you want to make progress in your relationship, you have to learn to talk to each other. Studies have shown that 85% of all marriage problems include some type of communication breakdown. It's also beyond the 85% that's included in this, it's also the fact that the study shows us that 40 hours a week, the average person is spending in front of a TV or computer when the average couple only spends four minutes a day. One of the things we have to work on if we're ever gonna have a successful marriage is the whole issue of communication. We have to learn to put it in good practice and build great communication skills. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful to build each other up according to the needs and may benefit those who listen. That's a command to all Christians, but it certainly applies to our marriages as well. We have to learn the skill of good communication. I've seen couples and you've seen couples. Before they're married, they're talking constantly, whether they're on the phone, holding hands, they're just always engaged in conversations. But once the marriage comes and happens, and after a few years, you start seeing that communication dying off more and more. You see more technology in people's hands. You see them doing everything that they can do not to communicate with each other. I can tell you that some have said the average man speaks 20,000 words a day. Some says the average woman speaks 30,000 because they feel that the average woman has to keep repeating herself because her husband's not paying attention. But let me give you one word of warning. Speak honest and communicate the best you know how to. Because one thing is that causes problems in relationship is when we begin to speak in riddles and hidden messages. Now, I tell you this because we can all sit there and agree to disagree in a communication. We are all wired different. We are all grown up different. We are all raised different. We speak different. I can tell you my wife is a beautiful woman, well-educated, well-rounded. When she talks, she speaks in a, in a way that I never can. I am raised to to talk a certain way and because of her career and my career sometimes we have a tough time communicating on how our days went because we're talking in our own jargon or our own lingo and men we are bad about having our own lingo and jargon within ourselves because ladies can talk to ladies men can talk to men but it seems like the issue is when the opposite sex have to talk to each other. They're not sure how to communicate.
because you cannot be an alpha male and an alpha female and try to hold a conversation. It's not going to work. And I'm not putting one above the other, and I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying communication is very important. Looking at key number two is consideration. Consideration. Now, we've already started stepping on some toes with communication. Now we're getting in consideration, and I know that we're about to step on some more toes because people are set in their ways. But we have to learn how to be considerate of husbands and wives. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, You must learn to be considerate of one another cultivating a life in common. Consideration means not thinking of only yourself, but you got to start thinking of the word we instead of me. It means paying attention to your spouse. It means showing common courtesy. It means respecting and treating them with respect and with care. One of the primary purpose of marriage is to teach us how to be considerate. Notice it says, you must learn to be considerate. You know what you must learn to be considerate? Once again, you know what you must learn to be considerate. Because if you are not, because you're not by nature. We're not considerate people by nature. We are selfish by nature. We think of only of our needs, our hurts, our wants. We're only thinking about us. We're not thinking about the other person. One of the, the whole purposes of marriage is to teach us that we are we and not me. To teach us to be considerate because Jesus was considerate to us. Learning how to talk to one another, build one another up without cutting each other down. And being considerate of each other. Now, one can sit there and say, well, I'm considerate of my spouse, but my spouse is not considerate of me. Well, that means you may have a communication skill breakdown, right? It means you might have to start working on that communication a little bit more. Or are you really being considerate, or are you just going through the motions? Now, all of this that I'm telling you, these six keys, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I've been there and done it and got a t-shirt for it. And I'll explain more as we get into this podcast. God's purpose in your marriage is not to make you happy. It's a benefit, but it's not the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage is not to make you happy, but holy. Because when you get married, you don't get your way all the time. You have to learn to be considerate. So marriage is a school of consideration. Learning to be unselfish. Learning that there's more than just you. Being considerate. Learning that it's we, not me. Learning to communicate that. Do you, do you see how all of these keys are fitting together? Getting into compromise. Once again, I've already started stepping on your toes. Now we're, we're stepping on them a little harder and adding a little bit more pressure to them, right? So if you've been married longer than a day, that you know that every single marriage has conflicts. There are just some things you're never going to see eye to eye about. You're never going to agree on everything. The reason God has given you a spouse is so that you look through a different set of lenses. Sometimes because our backgrounds, our personalities, and how God wires us, 
Sometimes it's about our own worldviews. And that we, we have a spouse that brings a different perspective through their eyes. As you begin marriage, you know that there are thousands of little things over the years that you could learn to compromise on. You're learning how to meet in the middle. You're trying to be flexible. You're willing to give up and yield your own rights. Ooh, here we go. We're stepping on toes. Yielding your own rights. Why do I have to give up my stuff? Why don't they meet me in the middle? Well, compromising. If you don't learn how to compromise, it will lead to destruction. Mark 3, it's written, a home divided against itself is doomed. Let me repeat that one more time. A home divided against itself is doomed. If your marriage is going to be successful, you will have to learn conflict resolution skills. You'll have to learn how to negotiate. Most of us did not learn this in any models that we've probably ever watched in anybody's lives. We certainly didn't learn it from school. We have to learn this the hard way. You have to learn to give and take. And I can tell you, being raised as the only child and then be put into relationships, it's difficult because I have seen it in my own eyes. Uh, people with siblings have learned how to compromise and how to share and how to coexist better than, than uh, single children raised. And I'm not throwing off on single children because, like I said, I, I grew up like that. But I can tell you from the experience that, that I've seen that I'm sharing with you that I've seen siblings be able to compromise, communicate, and be considerate of one another faster, easier transition than an only child. But we can learn these skills and we can learn how to work and be able to to unlock with these three keys our communication, our consideration, and compromising. Virtually all, all conflicts can be tracked down to one basic issue, the issue of selflessness. The Bible says that in Proverbs 18.1, people who do not get along with each other are only interested in themselves. People who do not get along with each other are only interested in themselves. If we can learn to quit being so selfish and start compromising and start meeting in the middle, I believe we could, in turn, start working on our relationships and probably wouldn't have that big of a problem, right? We're going to get ready to take a break. When we get back, I want to get into the, the keys four, five, and six and, and be able to put all this together in a package. So once again, thank you for, for listening to me. As soon as we get back from break, we're going to jump right into number four. Hi, everybody. I'm Jerry Wicker, the host of the Savvy Beach Bums podcast, which is a personal development podcast focused on exploring the day-to-day -day behavior we all engage in that determine the results we gain in our lives. It's where I share simple strategies you can use to help you live the beach bum life, which is a life of freedom like a beach bum without being broke. You can always check out all the latest with the Savvy Beach Bums podcast on our blog, which is SavvyBeachBums.wordpress.com. You can email us at SavvyBeachBums at Outlook.com. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Savvy Beach Bums podcast. And as always, Beach Bums and Mermaids, Live free. Peace. 
Right now, though, let's get back to more of the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast with my good friend, Royce Bottom. Hey, welcome back. As we continue to talk about the six keys to a healthy marriage and relationship, I want to get into number four, contact. Because now we know it takes communication, consideration, compromise, and contact. I'm not talking about just any old contact. I'm talking about physical touch, physical contact, and affection. You can call it cuddling, caressing, or whatever. But you got to keep in touch. As human beings, God gave us skin for a reason. Whether you're married or unmarried, every human needs contact or physical contact like hugs, pats on the backs, or handshakes. University of California did a study and discovered that if people hugged their husbands at least three times a day, it would increase their lifespan by three years. I know what some of you would say. Tough luck, honey. Nice knowing you, right? If you're too busy to date your mate, then you're too busy. If there were more courting in marriage, there would be fewer marriages in courts. I'm going to repeat that one more time. If there was more courting in your marriage, there would be fewer marriages in courts. An attorney once said a woman came into his law office seeking a divorce. She says, not only do I want a divorce, I want to hurt him so badly because of the years that he ignored me. The attorney said, so go home and compliment him every day until I get the papers drawn up. Tell him all the good things that he has that he has done for you. Smother him with affection. Act like you really adore him. So when it's time to file these papers, it'll devastate him. Said a month later, she called back and said, Cancel the divorce. We've fallen in love all over again. Having contact with each other, not just only in a sexual nature, but having that physical contact of one another, I believe will boost a person's spirit and will lift them up and help them through their daily grind of life. But we have to understand we have to be able to compromise, have that conversation. We got to be able to do all of the four things that I've talked about. Because if you don't have communication, you're not being considered to each other. You're never compromising. That means you don't want to have any contact with each other. And if you do all of that, nothing is going to work. But if you take those four and you put them together in your relationship, in your marriage, it brings you to the very fifth key of this, and that is the commitment. If you're only going to take one word that would best summarize your whole marriage relationship, wouldn't that word be love? Would it be the word commitment? Any two people given in the right circumstances and the right environment can develop a romantic, loving feeling toward each other. You can call it physical attraction or whatever you want to call it, but it's not really at the heart of the marriage. In fact, the difference between a marriage and just living together is commitment to one another. Divorce is a reality in our world, and there are people, even in churches, that have went through the painful experience of divorce. Thank God that His grace and His forgiveness that He has bestowed upon us. But let's be honest, it's not God's idea. It's not 
his plan. God wants every man and woman to stand together and make marriage vows to stay together for life, no matter how hard it gets or whatever happens along the way. You will never be able to build a strong, intimate relationship or marriage when divorce is always an option. There's too many people who carry around this secret little key to their escape hatch of divorce. In their minds, they've already made up their mind. When the when the tough get gets going, I'm out of here. I'm I'm going to find a way out, exit stage left. We gotta stop that culture. We gotta shut it down at the roots. We all get mad at each other. We all get in to that communication breakdown to where you're having that heated debate, heated discussion, argument, whatever you want to call it. And then the words come flying out of your mouth. Well, if you're not happy, let's get a divorce. Or, I don't love you anymore. I won't, I won't out. Or, this is not working. We need, to, we need to go our separate ways. It's not an option. I know I speak from experience. I've been there. I've said those type of words before, and it's really devastated my wife. Because it cuts you to the quick. Because those words come out like shards of glass. And they make cuts that are so deep, it takes time to get those wounds to heal. But there's times, because we're human, we think that they should go ahead and be able to heal up pretty quick and move on to the next thing. Men, I'm here to tell you, women do not heal as fast as men may think they heal. Because men, we don't heal that fast either. When words are being thrown around, when words are being said out of anger, out of the heat of the moment, they cut you all the way to the bone. And if you ever had a cut where it took getting stitches to repair, you will know exactly what I'm about to say. You have to go and start getting that cut fixed by a professional, by a doctor who has to do stitches. And typically it's stitches in the wound and outside the wound to help close a deep cut. It's not something you can slap a band-aid on and then tomorrow wake up and think everything's fine. It's not. Remember what I told you? We're all wired different. Ladies are wired different than men. Sometimes we can let things roll off of our back. The ladies need a little bit longer before they can do that and vice versa. Because I can tell you men that are out there who if their wife says one thing, boy, they hold that grudge. Man, they hold that grudge. And then at the end of the day, they've done nothing but cause more harm to their relationship and to their marriage because they're spouting off at the mouth and they haven't learned to zip the lip. So we got to understand that marriage, it's a commitment. Divorce is not an option. All right? So here's the encouragement. Let me encourage you. Throw away the key to that escape hatch you want to call divorce. Don't leave yourself an out. Don't leave this as an option. Because when you said, as long as we both shall live, that's a lifelong commitment. Here's one thing that people often don't realize. Commitments somewhere along the way will be meaning, meaningful. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Commitments somewhere along the way 
will mean being willing to be unhappy for a while. That's, that's what I wanted to tell you. Because in the life of journey of marriage, we are going to have our ups and downs. We are going to not be happy. We will be unhappy for a season or two because it is ups and downs. But if you're traveling that ups, if you travel in the up and down together as, with your spouse, you can make it through things. You can make it through the toughest time of your life, right? Because you have each other. I'll say yes to an extent. But when I get to key six, you will see how all this comes together. Because once again, to recap, we got to have communication. You got to have commitment. You got to have physical touch. You got to compromise. You, you got to have all of this to build up to number six. Because number six is the most important part of this entire key set. It's Christ. It takes three to make a marriage. Not two, but three. You, your spouse, and Christ. God never meant for you to go through your marriage, just the two of y'all, to, to work on any issues. Marriage is like a three-legged stool. It takes three legs for stability because we've never seen a two-legged stool. If we did, it would fall over. It could not hold itself. It's not stable. And if all you got in your marriage is each other, it's not enough because you need you, your spouse, and God. Christ is the key to all the other five keys in a marriage. And I can tell you, amen on that. Jesus is the key that makes all the other five keys work. If we don't have a strong foundation, when the earthquakes come, our homes will fall. The same way our marriage will fall if it's not under the, the solid foundation of Christ. Because the earthquakes in your marriage will come. They will be financial earthquakes. They will be emotional earthquakes. They will, they will come in just waves after waves because that's the way life deals, deals with us. But we have to be solid and we have to have the foundation in our home to be together as fighting as husband and wife because we cannot be separated. To be separated, we're not as strong. The best thing that you could do for your marriage is open your life to Jesus and ask him to come in and be the center of your marriage. You have to. First, commit to Jesus Christ. Second, commit your life and your marriage to Jesus. Third, get involved in church. Go get the support that you need. You can read your Bible and you can pray all that you want, but your marriage isn't going to get any better until you put Jesus in the center of it. One of the best analogies that I could ever tell you is it's, it's like the balance of a tire. All the wheel weights that are on the tire, that is everything in your marriage that helps try to fix that balance. But it's the center of that wheel is what keeps the rest of the tire balanced. That center is Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no way that you could fully take a wheel and get it balanced. It wouldn't work. Because if you've ever went to a tire shop to get your tires rotated and balanced and watched them, they pull it off the vehicle, they put it on the machine, and then they put a cone that's designed specifically for your wheel 
that fits in there tight, snug, and holds it to the machine so it can be balanced. That's what Jesus does. He comes in, he fits just like he needs to. He is the right size, he's the right fit, he's the right everything for your marriage, and he puts your marriage where it needs to be, only if you are balanced with your spouse. You cannot be pulling to the left and her pulling to the right and expect to get down the road. It's not going to work. You have to pull together. You're a team. All right? The Bible said that man shall leave his family and cleave to his wife and together they should be one. You're one unit. You're one accord. You and your spouse, y'all are together. Everything else around that is just life. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Kids, having kids, people say, a child, my, my kids are the center of my universe. No, they're not. Well, my grandchildren are the center of my universe. No, they're not. What's well, center of your universe is Jesus. After that, it's your spouse. After that, it's your children. After that, it's your family. God put man and woman together for a marriage. And then he allowed them to multiply. Because if you remember back in the Garden of Eden, it first started off as God creating the world, then he created man, and then he want, didn't want man to be alone, so he created woman. And he allowed them to work and to live in the Garden of Eden. We have to learn to work together with our spouses. God gave you your spouse for a reason. Nothing happens because of it just happens. I can tell you this, and I'm going to share something with you that's personal. Before I found the woman that I'm truly in love with today, that I've been happily married going on four years, I came from a 16-year marriage that fell apart and completely devastated me because it was a marriage that wasn't built on communication it wasn't built on compromise. It wasn't built on any of these keys. And it, was, it failed. Now, I'm married to a woman who I'm able to communicate with. We may not be able to communicate 100% of the time, but we're able to communicate with each other. We're able to do that. We are able to hold those conversations we have to learn to be considerate of each other. She's more considerate than I am. Because as I told you at the beginning, and if you can relate, I, I hope you can, but when you're, a saint, when you're a soul child only child, you're not learning how to share with one another. And I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm saying I'm having to learn to compromise. I'm having to learn that this is a give or take. It's not the man's word is the word and slams the door and that's it. No, you have to give and take in a relationship. You have to be considerate of one another's needs. you got to learn to have that physical contact. Not sexual all the time. Physical contact. Showing that you adore each other, that you love each other. That is things that I still have to work on today. Then making sure you have Jesus as the center of your life. You have to be able to do that. God gave you all of this to help build your marriage and to help your marriage stay together and work. Now it's up to you to take these six keys 
and apply them to your life. As we get ready to close, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to us here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe. It's my sincere desire to bring you messages as often as I can and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. If you are out there and your marriage is going through issues, I pray that you apply these keys to your life and sit down with your spouse and work through this. You don't have to go through it alone with your spouse. Reach out to your community. Reach out to your church. There are people out there that's probably already went through something like this that are able to go with you through your journey. They can't hold your hand all the time, but they can help you through the journey. Because what it boils down to, it boils down to you and your spouse and y'all coming together knowing that you got to put Christ as the center of your relationship. So once again, I'm Royce Bottoms, host of Jesus and a Cup of Joe. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Cannot wait to be with you next time, and I hope all of y'all have a blessed day.